This is the story of one man's pursuit to correct a post on Wikipedia. What Ben Sisto thought would be a simple fix took him on the journey of a lifetime. For the past 10 years, Ben has been trying to figure out the question worth a million dollars. Who let the dogs out? The year was 2008, and it was the 10-year anniversary of the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? In a quest for knowledge, Ben Sisto looked up the song's Wikipedia page and found an incomplete citation. It read that the song was originally heard by a man named Keith, but Keith had no last name, and Ben knew he had to fix this. What Ben discovered was that the song had a long line of ownership, an origin that could be traced back to 1986, and a surprising anthem of female empowerment. He traveled from the United States to the Bahamas and everywhere in between. He met with record executives, producers, singers, songwriters, and two dudes from Florida to bring the story to you. Hi, I'm Heather Grayson, writer, producer, and director who craves passion in filmmaking, and documentarians are just that. I write fiction, but I love to watch the truth. My name is B.C. Wayman. I'm an actor, a writer, an entertainer, all sorts of creative endeavors. But what I love most, being a storyteller. It's why I love documentaries. They're extraordinary stories from everyday, extraordinary people. This is Behind the Doc. And today we're behind the scenes with the documentary, Who Let the Dogs Out? What is Who Let the Dogs Out? It's made up of just a few short monosyllabic words. Who let the dogs out? And this is followed by a series of barks. People of all ages love to bark. We call each other dog as a term of endearment. They're our best friends and members of our families. All of this adds up to a pop hook recipe that's hard to beat. There's no question mark. So it's not, it's not even a question. So if it's not a question, then what does it all mean? Who are these dogs? How did they get out? Where are they going? And why should we even care? What is this question? It's like what meatloaf won't do for love. It's one of the great unanswered questions of our time. It's an open question, if the hook is even a question to begin with. If it is, let's remember that in a lot of these tracks, the dogs are men behaving badly. And these men, they've always been out. We're joined today by Ali Kelly and Brent Hodge of Hodge Films. And Brent, Ali, how are you all doing today? Great, Good. thank How are you. you guys? Good, good. So why don't we, to get started, get everyone going, tell us who you are and uh, a little bit about the film we're going to be talking about today. Okay, sure. Ali, you want to go first? Uh, sure. My name is Ali Kelly, and I am the producer of the film. And my name's Brent Hodge, and I'm the director of the film. And as you can see, we spanned across the entire continent to find out who let the dogs out. It's an important question, right? You had to figure it all out. You traveled, actually, in the making of this film, Brent, you traveled everywhere, way more than you think you would go. What was that process like? That's true. I thought I was just going to to the Bahamas and we were going to answer it pretty quick with the Baja men. And I was going to have a tan and come home. But <laughs> from, Lon- from London to everywhere in the U.S., this song just traveled across the world. It was number one in Japan in 1999 as well. It goes as far as you want it to go. Honestly, there's a, there's, who let the dogs out is a question that the world has to answer. What made you want to do this film? Did you see Ben in a presentation and you're just like, I've got to know more about this? Yeah, we'd done, we'd been doing films like this and a friend of ours said, you, go, you have to go see this guy. He does a live talk about who let the dogs out. 
And I thought, this is about three minutes long. There's no way this is, this is true. And I told Allie, and she said, he's actually playing in Boston. He's doing the show in Boston, like, next week when, when you're there. And so I went and saw it. Who let the dogs out? Like, who, who did let the dogs out? It's one of the great unanswered questions of our time. Immediately, we knew there was a movie. I just, the way he had his slides, it was like a TED Talk, and he walks through the origin of this song. While we were filming, a lot happened. There was more people that, that let the dogs out while we were filming this, but he'd sort of set it all up. I just thought, we're going to take all of the research he did, and we're going to make this into a movie. Ben's research puts mine to shame, honestly. <laughs> you, <laughs> I pride myself on, you know, Haji will come, uh, Brent will come with these ideas and we'll go, yes, I'll deep dive on them. And that's how we have had so much success with our films. But Ben came to us with an encyclopedia on this one song. And he's just that personality type where we go, you know, you ask another question and he knows the answer to it. He's got that sort of mind where he loves research, very detail-oriented. So it was a pleasure working with him, really. When he finished the presentation in Boston, I went up and talked to him about wanting to do a movie. And it was, it was just as you said, it's like a turning point in his life. He said, I think I'm putting this research to rest. And I said, this is the perfect time to film with you. It's right, right when you when you're, want to drop this off, you're done. And we can just sort of do one last hurrah, put it on tape. And if anybody ever wants to see the presentation, they can just buy a DVD. And, he, and so that's why he was really into it. He was like, good, I get to wrap this up. And we always say, we're like the Baja men. We just took everything he worked on and we just remixed it and made our own song and, and made all the money out of it. <laughs> if you watch the film, yeah, right? If you watch the film, that's what it kind of end up being, right? This mishmash tale of all these different people that came together and because the song became so popular, right? All wanted that piece of it. So you went down there, you met Isaiah Taylor. What was it like down in the Bahamas and meeting the people themselves who sang this version of the song? It was phenomenal. He picked me up at the airport and he gave me a tour around the Bahamas. My name, Isaiah Taylor, leader of the Baja Band. There is absolutely no negative to this story for them. They all made great money, toured a song, and, and are so appreciative and love the fact that this got them trips around the world and, and you know made their career. And, he had a really good point. I don't think we ever put it on camera, but Isaiah said, you can't top the dogs. Once you do a song that big, you can't go bigger. You really, truly can't. And so for us to say, what's our follow-up or where did we go? Or We still play music. We've played music every day because of this song. And he said, they're just super thankful for everything. That's amazing. When you went and you talked to these songwriters, were they all okay with talking to you? Was there a were there any issues that you had to really get in front of with Leroy and Patrick? There was kind of this intense kind of bickering between the two of them. So this gentleman, Patrick Stevenson, and his partner, Leroy Williams, one day they hear Who Let the Dogs Out? And they're like, what's going on? We wrote that. I think time has helped all of this. So we're talking 20 years ago now that this song came out. I think if we tried to do this documentary in 1999, 2000, but there's no way we, they would have spoke. But because... Anselm Douglas, who created the song with those two. Uh, I think the fact that there's been a 20-year gap and you know, legal battles are over, they're good to talk. I think the Baja men are just happy with the success of all this. Now that time, there is, yes, absolutely, there's egos. There is, everyone has their own story for this, but time has let things settle. 
I did notice that with the the Florida guys, they were very chill about things to see these guys kind of laugh about it. These two guys down there, Brett and Joe, are Miami Boom Productions. Bean SD and Miami J. Ben's presentation used to end with those guys and say, it looks like this thing ends in Florida. That's kind of the conclusion. You know, record labels made this popular. Thanks, everyone. But uh, <laughs> after Florida, Allie and I got a call that there was a bit more to the story. And so as we're making this film, we found out it's more about a chant than it is about a song. And then we found out that, no, this, this song was a chant way before, all the way back to the 80s led us to Michigan and Austin. And you start looking up, basically every dog-related sports team in the U.S. had this song at some point in, in their, um, within their club. And so we traced it even further back. Wow, and how did Ben react to this new information? He kind of couldn't believe it. He said he's been doing 10 years or eight years of research on who let the dogs out, and there's no, in no way has this come across. So he thought that maybe there was a bit of a lie going on. But then when we found the footage, in, we actually found it in the coach's garage, that video of the sports team from 1989 doing it. And it was, it was it, Ben said he fell back, wow. <laughs> fell back on his chair. And then he went really deep. He's the, he's the guy that did it. He went and said, okay, I think it goes even further. And it looks like, oh man, there's some, someone in New Jersey and there's here and California had a few teams. And so that's when he continued and found, 1986, found the, the footage in, in Austin, Texas. Just back to the guys from Florida, you can see by their, you know, evidence, their physical evidence that they kept on, like kept holding on to everything, how much this meant to them. And I think that really shines through the story as well. They've been very invested in this in this piece of their history from the beginning. And we loved bringing, you know, that part to it. And that evidence was so much of the story as well. It really was. It was a turning point for me. Oh, them finding those discs in that, uh, I was like a, it was like a child. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was so excited to hear that. And they broke out the old, you know, the old recording equipment. That was like a really exciting right, the floppy moment. disc? Yes. Right. I was so <laughs> excited to see what was on it. And he was really, Ben painted a great job of saying, look, this thing could fall apart at any moment. Really built in. Like if I put it in, it could explode and we would lose all the physical proof we've ever wanted to find. And so that was this dramatic moment that no one saw coming as you're watching the film. Like I said, Ben's research is so meticulous. But the minute you get a camera crew out in a small town, then things start coming out of the woodwork. And that's how someone said, they saw us with the cameras, hey, what are you talking about? Oh, we've got this coach, he's got the footage. And then that kind of led into finding these VHS that we could then see the chant. So there's a little bit of an element that happened that is chance with a C-E, not a T-S, where there's more of a chance that people bring more research to the table that is beyond what Ben can find just, you know, through a computer or, you know, phone calls. Ali, didn't the didn't the janitor at the library come up to you? We did an interview at the library. It's a crazy story. <laughs> Sounds like you're making it up. We're there doing this interview with John Michael Davis, who gave us this cold call. And this janitor, I'm there on the side, and he goes, what are you guys talking about? And I go, well, you'll never believe it. We think we've traced who let the dogs out back to Dwajak, Michigan. He goes, oh, yeah, I think I've got a tape of that. And then he started 
it was just, it, then it unraveled. I took his number. Then he got us in touch with the coach. It was such a small town sort of thing. He's just pushing a broom going, what you guys talking about? And then <laughs> unleashed the whole other side of it, like that physical evidence that based everything in truth. Uh, could we take a second to talk about John Michael? He is my favorite person, <laughs> I think, in the entire movie. My name is John Michael Davis. Dewajak, Michigan. Let the dogs out. I've never met someone, or never met him, but heard someone talk so, like, introspectively. He touched my soul, like, talking about this song. He got really, really deep, more than anyone who wrote it. I'm not the one that turned it into a record. I'm not the one that made it a beat and put a rap over it. That's not really the point. The only thing is that it doesn't feel like they know what they have. They have this powerful catalyst. One little moment that was pretty cool and has shaped some part of our culture, you know, and can be a medium for much more. He's a kooky character for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're both like, who wants to jump in? Because he's awesome, yeah. <laughs> he is. He's, but you know, I, I think you, you nailed it. Like he, the question I asked everyone is, do you guys all feel cheated that you didn't get any money out of this? And everyone that answered, said, yeah, of course, we let the dogs out. We should have been paid. And this is the music industry and this sucks. And then you get to him and he's like, I think everyone has it wrong. I think we all have it wrong. I don't think this is what it's about. I think what it's about is this interconnection of everybody adding to something incredible. And he kind of described what I think is art. And I was like, wow, John Michael Davis from Dwajak, Michigan just blew my mind. He grounded this in a truth that we look for in our films all the time. Yes, this is a documentary about copyright law, but it's also about who owns art. And he really brought that together. And we felt it in the room when we were interviewing him. I remember Brent and I looked at each other going like, oh my God. Like, I think it was after his like, you know, so, so impassioned speech. And we were like, oh, whoa, this is way more. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. So I grew up as an Olmsted Falls bulldog in the 90s, in the early 90s, and we were always saying, who let the dogs out? We let the dogs out. So when I was, you know, when I was watching this, I and whenever I heard the song to begin with, I was like, oh, this is about football. And then I would hear things like what the song was actually about and, you know, all of these, like, references. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's not about football. I always kind of thought it was. But then when we came back to the chance and just John talking about, you know, what it's what it it is all about, that whole nostalgia of feeling like we were all on the field again came back to me. And I was like, yeah, that is what it's about. Did you kind of feel the same thing with him? Absolutely. I mean, going to the school and just they have all their championship 
trophies up and you just it, it sort of brought you back to high school and that's it i think it's it's about the feeling of being a part of something more than it is just an actual catchy tune they believe that they're a part of it they believe they're part of the origin story because that's that's their story that's their life and i totally agree I also really love how Ben breaks it down. Like it's not even a question. There's no question mark at the end. And so it sort of breaks down the, the, the essence of a pop tune and how it's asked more than the Macarena. And like, you're like, wow, I you don't think about these things, but you've probably heard Who Let the Dogs Out 10,000 times in your ears throughout your life in the last 20 years. And you've never asked the question of who, who, actually, who actually let them out. You know, the question's been posed to you so many times. So it's, it, it gets pretty meta and gets pretty fun. Like it, it gets deeper. You have to giggle about it. And that's where, that's, that's a comedy to us. Like the, the deeper you research this, the funnier it gets. Speaking of sports, it was nice to see that sports connection brought into it because it is something that's this anthem. Greg Green's like story and how he feels he added to it and probably did, to be honest with you, him and Alex Rodriguez and that whole process. What was that like, that whole process going to Seattle and learning about that? Greg Green is an emerging talent within the Seattle Mariners organization, and he programs a lot of in-game music and sound effects. I didn't have a song for one of our backup catchers, Joe Oliver, and I threw it out there for him. Alex Rodriguez now wants this song that I thought was, you know, we were just having fun with. And he's like, oh yeah, I like the sound of it. Sounds like Miami. I'm like, okay, dude, you got it. I mean, that was huge for, for me because I'm from the West Coast and grew up in Vancouver. And so the, the Mariners are, are my team. So I actually truly think that we let the dogs out because of his story. It's phenomenal to hear what can happen to a pop song when it hits stadium level. I think there's a part of the story that, well, I'm going to spin it on you, you guys for one second and ask you something. Sure. After seeing this entire movie, who do you think let the dogs out? It's a great question. It is a great question. And, um, is it cheating to say we've all let the dogs out, right? Like we are our own person and the dog is you within, so be free as an individual. Is that a cheap cop <laughs> yeah. out, John Michael? It's a my John Michael issue. <laughs> we'll answer. accept, we'll accept, yeah. I'm going to say on my end, football let the dogs out. That's just where I'm from. That's how I that's how I interpreted it to begin with. I will say football still let the dogs out for me. Okay, nice. So you're both wrong. Um, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, great, great. I, I personally think it, when it got to Greg Green, he he let the dogs out because without it being that popular, without it getting to Rodriguez level, World Series level, them performing, like he, he got the Bahamas over from the Bahamas to perform this in the U.S. at the stadium. He took it. I just feel that there's a there's like a story of marketing music that that doesn't get as much gratitude as it should because without that none of us would be talking about it there's a there's hundreds of songs that have copyright issues but until they're super popular yeah i just don't think that there's much of a story there and so i i feel like that angle the the stadium angle is the reason that this whole thing it becomes a story it is pretty amazing when you do hear that song in a stadium it is like it's kind of mind blowing <laughs> So as it pertains to this song in general, are you absolutely tired of hearing it? Is it is it just a song you cannot listen to anymore? Is it just a song that has made you want to listen to it, like, consistently? 
I don't know if I'll ever want to listen to it consistently, <laughs> but I'm not sick of it at all. Like I actually kind of like, you know, how many times have we listened to the song? How many times have we watched this film and the different edits around festivals, everything? I don't get sick of it whatsoever. And maybe that's the charm of it. There's a story to it now. We have listened to it a lot more now that we, we finished the edit, but I totally agree with you, Ali. Like there's, there's just, there's, it, it, the annoying factor has gone away. I don't know. I think it also um, opened my eyes to the whole Miami base scene at Gillette. Like when we were doing this film, I got into a real headspace where I was like listening to that stuff all the time and enjoyed it quite a bit and still do. I was going to ask about Gillette. Because something happened two years prior, in 1994, that makes this whole five-year court battle seem laughable. All right, now, this, this next song is going to be my next release. It's called You're a Dog. I do love the fact that Ansel, he made it into an empowering for women anthem. We live in a woman's world. Used to be a man's world, now it's no more. Carnival is woman. Woman is boss. Woman run things. I kind of thought it was something very different. So it was it was so great to hear that he was like, no, I really wanted women to have something going on. And like, you know, they had something to empower them. You know, we had this anthem from Gillette. Yeah, back to your earlier question about, you know, speaking to these people after 20 years. Gillette is the only one who we didn't get a sit-down interview with. Um, and that wasn't without trying desperately for months. It's something she's put behind her and I respect that, but I desperately wanted to talk to her because I appreciate Who Let the Dogs Loose so much as an anthem and all of her other songs that uh, are other female anthems. I really, I really liked that a lot too. I liked her, I liked her end of it. Yeah, she's just a, She's cool. I mean, we were lucky enough to have Manny Moore speak kind of on 20 Fingers' behalf. We got all these negative songs about women. I want to write something to where the women could just have so much fun. It's nice to have a female perspective about this song that is ultimately about, you know, putting these gross men back in their cages from the <laughs> yeah. club. And I can relate to that, right? <laughs> you know? We all can. It, that's timeless. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so you made this film, Brent, Ali, and everyone at Haji Films, about, like, you know, it's multiple arcs. So you have the song, which you also have this really, which is interesting, ob- uh, arc on copyright infringement and copyright laws and really a time before the internet, social media existed. And we live in a time when copyright infringement on YouTube, on TikTok, and these social media apps is very heavily monitored and a big deal. What was that journey like, like learning that? And what type of advice would you or think about when you think about copyright infringement and how it moves forward into the future? You can imagine after making a film about a song that you know, eight people claim they wrote and it's all about the legal battles of who wrote it. You can imagine how hard it was for us then to actually license the song for the film. So we learned a lot. We learned a lot from as filmmakers, but we also learned a lot, you know, just from the music industry. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And I think that that's something that you can kind of hear from all the people that we interviewed. Leroy, uh, has spoken to it about it. Um, definitely the guys down in Florida. There's definitely some people who got different ends of the deals. And I think that there's, it's a fun film about copyright law. Uh, and I think that people, musicians especially, can learn a lot about that. You don't own anything in life. 
Someone else is going to take it. Then someone else is going to take it. You have to give people their props. You know, you can't just try to take the credit for yourself. Let's ask one final question. Who do you absolutely think let the dogs out? That's a funny question. So whoever came up with that hook was a genius in that moment. Who do I think let the dogs out? I would say Anselm and Ozzy let the dogs out. Well, I would say Anselm and myself and maybe Patrick and Leroy too, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. We did it. <laughs> uh, we did. We, we did, did. Yeah. I wrote who let the dogs out. I don't even have any of the stuff. Jonathan. Yes. Who let the dogs out? So, Greg. Yes. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. I let them out here. I let the dogs out. <laughs> I did. I let them out. And when I want them back, they're coming to me. We, we did. did. We yeah. did. We let the dogs out, and they took it and ran with we it. We let the dogs out. Yeah. I don't think anyone's lying. That's <laughs> my genuine thought is everyone who we interviewed genuinely thinks that they let the dogs out. And I respect that. I think that they all have their own truth. And we're so lucky that we got to hear each of them. And so in their own way, they own, they all let the dogs out. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no I one's like lying. I, I don't think. <laughs> I'd go further too. Like I think Steve Greenberg, who got it to the Baja men is a big part of this. He was Hanson's old manager. That guy's a hit machine. That guy like can see and hear something and go, okay, this is going to be big. And I just think that that's, those guys may have, everybody may have let the dogs out a little bit to, to their, their core group of people, either in Florida or part of the football team. But a guy like that took it to the masses. And they, him and Greg Green, these people in the world, they, they made it global. So I'd say those two guys. Oh, yeah. As the dogs as we know it, Steve for sure had the biggest hand, I think. And the Greg Greens, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. We I think, thank them. We thank yes. them for the earworm. Do we really, though? Well, we thank them for you got the film, but as the 20 years of hearing the woof, woof call and response, do we really thank them, right? And we definitely want to thank you for not only making this documentary. I never would have thought about Baja Men and Who Let the Dogs Out for longer than 12 seconds beyond, you know, at three weeks ago. So I just, I just really appreciate the documentaries that you guys are putting out, and I can't wait to hear about more. Oh, thank you. Thank it was you guys. fun, you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. All the good memories in your life have a soundtrack. And the soundtrack to our state championship football team was Who Let the Dogs Out? Behind the Dock is produced by Evergreen Podcast in association with Gravitas Ventures. Special thanks to executive producers Nolan Gallagher and Michael D'Aloya. Produced by Sarah Wilgrub and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. And you'll find us everywhere and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, 
digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.